the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Hi, you curious minds out there in Radio Land. Welcome to CC with BB, <laughs> connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. This is the only radio show in the world dedicated to the study of coincidences, synchronicity, and serendipity. We are coming to you through X-Zone Radio, located in downtown beautiful Hamilton, Ontario. Nice and cold there right now. Canada and broadcasting all over the world. I am a psychiatrist. I help people with medications and psychotherapy. I work with both the brain and the mind. One of the things I like to do in high school and college is run back kickoffs and punts in football. It's kind of a strange thing for a psychiatrist to think about having done, but it was one of my favorite things in the world to do, was to make long runs and make touchdowns out of them. The reason I tell you that now is because there was one day, a Thursday evening, my junior year in college, when for some reason I left the guys practicing for the Johns Hopkins football game that Saturday, and I set up a pair of tackling dummies off to the side under the lights, and those two tackling dummies put right next to each other, walked about five yards, ten yards away from them, turned my back, put my football in my arms, cradled it in my arms, turned around, and ran quickly between those two tackling dummies. I didn't know why I was doing that, but I did it again a second time, walked the ten yards, turned around, cradled the ball in my arms, turned around again and sprinted between the two tackling dummies. It was kind of a strange feeling, um, but then I went back and played with the guys, and we went on to play Johns Hopkins. It was an away game in Baltimore, and we were kind of being pretty good that day, um, scored a little bit, but I was the punt returner, and it was a little, little bit peeved with their kick, their punter, because he wasn't kicking the ball very well. There were short punts, and I, I wanted to have a long punt so maybe I could uh, return one. So finally, there was a nice high arcing punt, and I heard the uh, announcer at the football stadium saying, "Wow!" And Jack got a great punt off. It was such a good punt 
that I had to turn my back to the guys coming after me and catch the ball over my shoulder. As I caught the ball over my shoulder, I turned around, and there coming straight at me were two Johns Hopkins players right next to each other, just the same way that I had looked at those tackling dummies two days before, one right next to the other. So I cradled the ball in my arms, got low, and sprinted between those two Johns Hopkins guys, just as I had envisioned and practiced two days earlier. Each one was so surprised that I was doing it, expecting the other one to tackle me, that I burst through them and went 90 yards for a touchdown. How did it happen that I was able to have some sense that this could happen to me, that I might be able to have an experience that was just like what happened on Thursday. I don't know. I don't know how I did that. It was a kind of feeling of doing something that I just thought was a good idea, kind of a bit of, of a trance. The reason I tell you about this is because our guests today are have just written a book and will publish it soon on the, the future and our ability to tap into to sense the future and our ability to tap into our intuition and read signs from the universe to predict what's to come. Somehow I had been able to do that. This, this book was written by Rob and Trish McGregor, who are our guests today. They have been professional writers in both nonfiction and fiction since 1984. And they've also written a very nice book called The Seven Secrets of Synchronicity, which is something that I plan for us to be able to talk about today as well. How was it, I'm going to ask them in our next segment, that I was able to intuitively act out an experience that turned out to be an, a reality uh, two days later. What is it about us, you know, intuitions that are, enables us to be able to do such things? We will get some answers from them and also some very other interesting speculations about how human beings can recognize their own intuitive capacity to not only know the future, but to act on what they are able to learn about the future. When we're able to trust the capacity that the McGregors will talk with us about, we then be able to become more aware of a kind of consciousness that is evolving in the world around us. They are leaders in helping us understand intuitive capacities that have yet to be fully recognized by science. So in our next segment, we will be talking with Rob and Trish, who will give us some great ideas. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. 
You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying. Welcome back to CC with BB, connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Today we have our very special guests, Trish and Rob McGregor, who are releasing a book in January, in just a little while, Sensing the Future, How to Tap into Your Intuition and Read Signs from the Universe to Predict What's to Come. Welcome, Rob and Trish. It's a pleasure after all these years to talk directly with both of you. It's great to talk to you, Bernie. Good to hear your voice. Thank you very much. What led you to... uh, write this book at this time we felt compelled <laughs> <laughs> now compelled is very important uh, that's an intuitive uh, sense and trying to figure out what makes us do what we do um, is important to me as a psychiatrist and psychotherapist but what it, what are these compels that uh, you know to respond to How do it, you know? this just felt like the right book at the right time and what kind of experience, uh, Rob, how did it come to you? Well, I guess it uh, could relate it to one of the uh, seven secrets of synchronicity that we wrote about uh, in that book. And it's uh, about the heart, that uh, synchronicity are deeply entwined with our emotions. And it just uh, felt like this was the time to do that book, taking just one of those uh, aspects of uh, synchronicity and uh Expanding it. Expanding it. Uh, We we consider precognition, telepathy, aspects of synchronicity. So that's how we we look at it. I do, too. And so did Jung. Uh, And just for the fun of talking about word definitions, I'm trying to suggest that we go back to uh, Jung's original definition of synchronicity. Um, Not that he didn't also include a lot of other ideas, but the current Jungian use of the word synchronicity is for those meaningful coincidences that help us develop psychologically, that help us uh, develop our uh, ability to individuate, to become ourselves. That's the current Jungian way of using that term, synchronicity. The others, I like to be able to use the way you're talking about it. It's just use the word precognition and use the word uh, telepathy uh, rather than use synchronicity to cover both of them. But on the other hand, it's so important to recognize that coincidences, synchronicities, alert us to these capacities that we don't know we have. What's interesting is if you ask people, just like do a general 
thing, like we did one day at the dog park. I asked a bunch of people if they knew what precognition was, and it was shocking the number of people who didn't. Yes, uh, what we find is that people understand the word, term uh, premonition or omen, and but not necessarily precognition. That that sort of surprised us, and uh, a lot of people have a kind of sort of a negative uh, sense about. Uh, uh, the term omen as something that uh, they don't really want to see the future because it sounds like it's uh with no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees. Banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions, even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick. Sorry, kids. <laughs> yep. Even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees. Is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Uh, an omen of something bad. Yeah, ominous. Ominous. Mm-hmm. Right. Omen comes from a word uh, meaning bird. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, it's like birds um, were omens uh, of things happening. Jung described um, birds flying over a man's house as he was dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there are a lot of different uh, stories of birds uh, predicting possibilities. Um, in the book, we describe one such thing involving an owl. Uh, we used to live on a lake that had all-growing owls. They're, they're little birds. And one day, our daughter came running into the kitchen. She said, Mom, Mom, Dad, there's this burrowing owl outside my father's room. He was living with us at the time. And the, and the bird only has one leg. So we went running out there. And sure enough, the, the owl was on a fence. And at first we thought the leg was just drawn up to the body. But part of the leg was missing. And Rob and I knew about the Native American stuff with owls, that they sometimes presage death. So I immediately thought, "Uh uh-oh, that means my father's going to die. But what happened was the next morning, my mother was in an Alzheimer's facility. And the next morning, I got a call saying that her left hip was broken and she was on her way to the emergency room. I immediately thought of that owl because it had been the left leg that was missing. Beautiful. So it turned out that her left hip had disintegrated and she died three weeks later. So the owl definitely impressed her and her condition. And we also had another incident where one of the brewing owls landed on top of our doorway, the entrance to our house, and just sat there for hours. And usually they're fairly shy birds and you walk by, they're going to take off. This one just sat there probably three hours, and uh, we got a call from a sister of a friend of ours in New York, and he had died. So that uh, seemed to be a, a clear sign, uh, symbol of uh, the, what we would soon find out. How do you think that works? <laughs> That's a good question. It's part of nature. I think it's part of an underlying reality, don't you? like David Bohm's implicate order. An underlying reality that exists just below the level of uh, consciousness and synchronicity is a way of connecting between our conscious uh, everyday realities and that deeper reality, that deeper existence. Well, it's fun to think about how birds are a part of that. Well, I think a lot of animals are. Um, In the 1990s, a co-author and I went to a book conference. We had just written a book on the tarot. And when we were in the room, Phyllis suddenly squealed and she goes, oh my God, a, a bee just stung me. And I thought, a bee? I mean, the, nothing was open in the room. And sure enough, there was a dead bee in the sink. So we looked at each other and she said, uh-oh, what does this mean? And what it meant was we were going to get stung. And sure enough, our books never arrived. But the bee knew. So how's that work? <laughs> oh, I, 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 why do you say the bee knew? Well, in other words, the bee, the bee sting, my, my sense was, is that we were going to get stung. And so when, when Phyllis and I went downstairs to where the conference area was, the woman in charge of the conference says, oh, ladies, it's so good to see you. Your books haven't arrived, but they'll be here tomorrow. 
And Phyllis and I knew that the books were never going to arrive because we got stung. (laughs) The metaphor. (laughs) Be in essence played an unconscious role. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, that's we're so much more connected to our environment and everybody says that and we're more not everybody but a lot of people say that but it's such a general phrase that everything's connected trying to understand the ways in which things are connected is what i'm trying to do and that b and being stung by the books not arriving are somehow uh, subconsciously connected it's mm-hmm. they're connected by meaning which is uh, the way jung described uh, synchronicity that it's not, it's an a causal connecting principle uh, which means that the two elements the the b sting and the books not arriving are not related causally, but right. they're related by meaning. <clears throat> and Phyllis and I both recognized it. You know, now, if, if we had been less cognizant, would, it would have just been a bee sting. Yeah, it would have just been a bee sting. In, in writing this book, uh, what are some of the major um, ideas you hope to communicate to the people reading Well, I think the essence is that premonitions, precognition is something that's innate in all of us. It just has to be developed. Uh, We're not, all of us are not going to become uh, psychic readers or mediums, but we can use, uh, and that's not really what the book is about. It's about using it personally, developing your own abilities. and, uh, And the first step of that is just awareness and accepting this as an ability that that's that's a big step for a lot of people some, uh, some people are just some people are actually will get angry if you talk about <laughs> precognition and say this is impossible this this is not the way the world works because they they think that you're saying that it's something that's set in stone which is not it's just patterns that possibilities Yet we have the sense that those possibilities, once they're imagined, seem more likely. Right. But it's odd that uh, how we somehow sense these things, that there's something going to happen, uh, even though we don't have any proof of it. For example, uh, years ago, we lost a cat. The cat just disappeared, and we had no idea where that cat was. And for some reason, I had this strong sense that I told Trish, that cat will be back by midnight Saturday night. I don't know why I said that, but I just had a strong sensation of it. Uh, About one minute to midnight, we heard a a knock on our door, and there was our next-door neighbor holding our cat. Uh, She she said she had just come home, and the cat was outside your door, and she knew it was missing. And so... That was a, a synchronicity and a premonition, a precognition. I don't know why I said that, but I just uh, not only said it, but I just had that feeling that just a knowing that that was going to happen. Well, well let's let's uh, define some of your terms as you like to use them. Uh, what's the difference between for you synchronicity, uh, precognition, and telepathy? Well, we we look at those aspects of the paranormal is being under the umbrella of synchronicity uh, because there's no, yeah, there's no a causal effect. And uh, telepathy of course is just something that uh, picking up uh, something that uh, is coming to you from another source at the same time. For example, if somebody, you, you think somebody is going to call you and that person calls is that a precognition or telepathy very close i mean it uh maybe at the the time the person was uh putting in your number is when you thought about that person so it'd be uh uh, telepathy another case uh that uh is both synchronicity and precognition that happened to me is uh this uh, this is unusual story it starts with a man coming to my door and he was he owned a lawn service and he asked me if uh he if i would be interested in his service to uh take care of our our yard landscaping lawn cutting and i said no uh no uh, we already have somebody and i talked to him for a couple minutes then he went on his way 
A couple of days later, it was winter in South Florida, and uh, I was a big windsurfer at that time. And I went out windsurfing on a lake in our neighborhood, and I made a mistake. I went out with my billfold in the shorts I was wearing, and when I came back in, no billfold. And at first, I thought, well, maybe I just left it on the shore in the car. No, no. Uh, I I realized it. I lost it in the lake. However. Again, I had this sense of knowing that I'm going to get back that that uh, that billfold, and I don't know why. Again, I just was very confident that it was is going to happen. I made no effort to uh, disconnect any of the any of the uh, credit cards or try to get a, a new license because I just had a sense that uh, that was going to. Well, we're coming. We're coming. We're coming near to the end of this okay, segment. Let me quickly. So, 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 so we'll we'll finish this up at the next okay. segment. The lost, okay. the question of the lost money, because okay. it's an important question. We all lose money, and we want to be able to find it. So we'll pick it up, and we'll be we'll be back uh, after a short break. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health relationships, business, and money in abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, 
how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dog. Welcome back to CC with BB, connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. To have the delightful opportunity to talk with Trish and Rob McGregor about their new book about our abilities to look into the future, our precognitive capacities, abilities that we all have and with Trish and Rob are trying to be able to teach us and encourage us to believe that we have these possible capacities. Precognitions in the, in the range of other psi experiences like telepathy and clairvoyance and perhaps psychokinesis, but it's different in that it's about the future rather than something that's happening right now. And we ended the last segment with Rob having lost his wallet out there on the out there out there on the lake sometime somehow, and yet he came back home knowing that it was still there. Somehow he had a sense of peace and confidence that he would be able to find that wallet. So, Rob, please pick us up where we left off. Okay, thank you. Rationally, it didn't make any sense that I was going to find that wallet, that it was going to come back to me, but. A couple of days later, I got a telephone call, and a man said, "I found your, I found your wallet." And I said, "Where?" He said, "I was fishing in this lake with a net, and I scooped it up, and uh, pull, pull it in. Instead of a fish, it was a wallet. And I opened it, saw the money, saw your card, saw your name, and called you. And I was." Uh, very worried that your body was also down in the bottom of the lake. I'm glad uh, I'm talking to you, he said. And so I went to collect my uh, wallet from him, uh, and it uh, was very surprising because it was the lawn man who had come over, uh, the same man who I started the story talking about a lawn man who had come to the door and I yeah. met and talked to him. He's the one who found my wallet. So <laughs> that's very strange. Well, I all like the to... money was still there. Right. And <laughs> when I picked it up, it was, uh, it was kind of unusual uh, circumstance, too. The man was Indian, uh, East Indian, dot, not feather. And I went over to his house, and he, he was having a party. And there must have been about 50 people there. And the women were all in sorries, and they had all this Indian food cooking, all the sense of the uh, Indian food. And I was walking around looking for him, and I was the only non-Indian in the place and just moving around and people were greeting me and saying, welcome, welcome. And then I, fo- I found him in the garage talking to a couple of men and he handed me my wallet. And it's just uh, it's just a very uh, otherworldly sense, I guess, uh, as I, I picked it up and all the money was there. And uh, uh, we shook hands and he said, you see, I'm an honest person if you hire me. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. That was my story. Wonderful. Um, I, I put that under uh, a f- the full circle kinds of coincidences, mm, right? Uh, where the beginning comes back to the end, kind of like that snake eating its tail. Right. There's a there's a kind of beauty and harmony to that um, beginning, meeting the end, and maybe spiraling off like Saturn into some other other uh, spiral that Saturn keeps doing for us. So it's a beautiful story um, that the money, not just that the money came back, but that the man was the first and the last part of that story. Right. Uh, go ahead. Well, you know, Robert Moss in one of his books talks about his lost wallet. And he was in a, the bathroom on an airplane and his wallet fell into the toilet and he, he managed to fish it out, you know, before anything got saturated, lost. But he said in his book, he says, if, if this had been a dream, he would have thought about it more carefully. And he felt it was a precognition about what was going to happen to his, his money. <laughs> and sure enough, in 1987, he lost a lot of money. 
So did and, a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And this, you know, but but his point was in those days he wasn't as aware of how things in the outer world, the awake world, um, could be just like a dream, something you should take a closer look at. It's the ones to take a closer look at about uh, th- that I think are the most challenging for people like you trying to suggest that precognition is something we should pay attention to. Uh, we've, you and I have talked about this before, but a, a mother has a dream of her child walking to school. Um, and in that dream, uh, the child is hit by a car. And the mother just thinks it's a, a nightmare and doesn't do anything about it. And the child is hit by a car and is severely injured. It's when do you know what precognitions, what future views to pay attention to and act on, and which ones should you just forget about? Boy, that's a good question. Tell him your dream. Rob had a dream the other night that he was standing in the middle of the road. Oh, yes. Uh, standing in the middle of the road, and uh, suddenly a car was coming at me, and I, I thought, well, he's going to go around me and uh, stop. But he didn't. He just ran me over, and then in the dream... Uh, Trish was saying, or oh, he uh, talking to somebody, he's paralyzed. And then uh, a, a bit later in the dream, she said, oh, he's dead. You know, and I was just, you know, had no emotional effect on me at all. Just a dream. And uh, but uh, when I woke up and told her, she she was very shocked by it. So don't go standing in the road. <laughs> this was at some sort of protest. So I said, we're not going to any protests. <laughs> yeah, you, you hear the stories of people not getting on airplanes uh, and airplanes crashing. Um, and those deserve more study. Uh, but as, as you write in your book, um, some people have visions or dreams uh, related to mass events, um, like the sinking of the Titanic and the Boston Marathon and also 9-11, and even though they're not the ones in danger as well as sometimes they can be. What do you think makes that happen to some people? We call these people planetary empaths um, because they seem to sense mass events through the manifestation of physical symptoms, which, I mean, I'd never heard of until, what, 2010, I think it was, when we first started hearing about this. Uh, Some of the symptoms would be like bleeding from the ears, clicking or ringing in the ears, extreme vertigo, heart palpitations, insomnia migraines that last for days, abdominal pain or discomfort, nosebleeds, poltergeist phenomena, profound sadness. And all of these emotions don't relate to anything in their personal lives. That That's part of the equation. They just seems. sense something is coming up, but they don't know what it is or where it is. So it's, it's an experience that is not very helpful and not very kind pleasant. To, pleasant to the person person having it but yet they know something is is coming up and we had uh, one person before that uh, uh, attack the terrorist attack in Paris was just telling us there's something coming there's something coming I feel it's terrible and uh, the next day it was the, the Paris attack but so it's frustrating because why can't they <laughs> uh, pinpoint it and even if they could, could they stop it? Could anything uh, be done? That's uh, on especially a person in, in your own personal life. Yes, you could avoid if you were in Paris, you could avoid being in the in the area in in the conflict. But uh, as the larger picture, some of these things are just meant to happen, it seems. Uh, it's an important distinction that you're raising in my mind here. Um, those experiences that are physiological, that are physical, and the person can't really pinpoint uh, the source. Um, I I had that with my father when he was choking on his own blood 3,000 miles away, and I was choking on something that I couldn't get out of my throat. And I only found, I didn't know what that choking was when I was choking, but I found out the next day from my brother that my father had died choking on his own blood. Now that is a physiological experience without knowing the referent, without knowing the source. But there are many people who have experiences where they know 
that someone is in distress. So a woman, for example, at a party suddenly feels chest pain and anxiety and knows that it's her husband having a heart attack and rushes home to find him and call an ambulance for him. In his book, Telepathic Impressions, Ian Stevenson describes both kinds of what I call what I of telepathic experiences. Simulpathity is what I call the ones that are like what you just called planetary empaths, mm. where you have an experience and then find out what it might be about. Um, telepathy used to mean just what we're talking mm. about here. It used to mean feeling at a distance, tele, distance, pathy, right. feeling. But I've invented the term simulpathity for the original definition because it's more about feeling than cognition. Telepathy has become more cognitive. So what do you what do you say about the people who do have images and dreams of 9-11, of other disasters, uh, of maybe the Titanic? And uh, then they and they know it's going to happen, not that they can do anything about it. Well, actually, with the Titanic, uh, a number of people did do something about it. They didn't get on the ship. Yeah, that's again, they couldn't stop the event from happening, but they could change their own life, change yes. their own futures. Yes. So, see, so, go your, go ahead. your experience, Bernard, was personal in that it was your father. With with these empaths, it's it's rarely personal. It it's there's something coming. You know, it's that it's that sense of foreboding that may not be connected to you at all. And yet it was a Titanic and Right. airplanes it is but yeah. it's not it's not personal it's an event taking place in social reality not something like a connection between my father and me right but I, i'm trying to draw a parallel between the two because i love the term you have with planetary empath because i tend to be somewhat of an empath myself with some of my psychotherapy patients. And I'm, I like to see the term expanded into uh, the broader arena because I don't see any reason why it, it shouldn't be. That's interesting. Well, Jung certainly was empathic with a lot of his patients. I'm trying to, there, there was one particular case where I believe he was. In a hotel room? Yes, and he, and he felt uh, uh, right. a severe pain in the front or in the back of his head. Yes, and the man uh, had been shot. The man had shot himself uh -huh. uh, and shot himself through the back of the head. Uh, and yes, that's that's one of uh, that's that's a kind of uh, what I'll call simulpathity mm -hmm. experience uh, for Jung. Um, another el illustration of his ability to feel with what other people are feeling. Uh, Bernard, I wondering, have you uh, looked into the aspect of the trickster related to synchronicity? I think that's a wonderful, wonderful uh, idea to get to because one of the one of the major points I try to make is that not all coincidences uh, or synchronicities are beneficial to everybody. Sometimes there's some <laughs> problems involved with them, and the trickster uh, tempts us with uh, some of those uh, some of those um, possibilities that seem like maybe they're not. I did a blog post, um, just because you have a coincidence, is, does that mean our relationship is meant to be? And maybe it isn't. So we'll get back to that subject, um, the trickster, um, because it's so much fun to think about the trickster throughout cultures and in our own culture here, too. So I've, I've got a good trickster story, too. <laughs> good. We'll go to it, and we'll be back with you, Rob and Trish McGregor, after this short break. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. 
For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Foundation focusing on evidence based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers in healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genix provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You're listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Welcome back to CC with BB, connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Today we have the pleasure of talking with Rob and Trish McGregor about precognition. Their newest book coming out in January, Sensing the Future, How to Tap into Your Intuition and Read Signs from the Universe to Predict What's to Come. We were 
talking and we will continue talking now about the trickster. In all in uh, in many major cultures, uh, there is a trickster. Uh, sometimes uh, in Indian culture, American Indian culture, it's the coyote. And I can't help thinking of Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner, and how that coyote got tricked a lot by the Roadrunner in some very funny cartoons. But here we'll talk about how the coyote or the trickster in its many different forms can trick us in terms of presenting coincidences or synchronicities to us, which may not be exactly what we think they could be. Rob? Yeah, I have a story. Uh, in 2005, I wrote a book called The Fog. I co-authored it with Bruce Gurn. And The Fog is a story about the Bermuda Triangle. And this man had approached me for, uh, I, I had met him uh, in the gym and where I worked out and he had kept after me telling me about his experience with the Bermuda Triangle and he wanted to write a book about it. He had a manuscript and I kept putting it off and finally I said, okay, I'll take a look at it. And so uh, I worked with him, uh, rewrote the manuscript and found a contract, got a contract. And uh, so the, the fog came out and after the fog came out, we were both in, invited to uh, go to Andros Island in the Bahamas, uh, which is part of the uh, area of the Bermuda Triangle, with UFO hunters, uh, telev uh, documentary, uh, uh, cable documentary show. And uh, UFO hunters was doing something on the Bermuda Triangle and on Andros Island, which is the home of a secret Navy base called Autech, which is the Atlantic Undersea Test and Evaluation Center. Uh, and supposedly they work a lot with uh, torpedoes and uh, sonic uh, experiments uh, in the air and underwater. And but there's there's a whole mythology about this secret base that they're doing something else and that it's uh, maybe related to UFOs because there's been a lot of sightings around there and of USOs as well uh, under underwater unidentified objects. And so. We were inv uh, invited there and we were interviewed on the beach uh, by Bill Burns, who is the head of the, the three uh, people who are the, uh, the main characters in the, in the series of, of shows. And uh, we did our interviews and uh, then uh, we had finished and Bill came up to us and said, we're going over to the base. We're, we've been trying to get into the base to see the commander or get a tour. And he said, our producers have attempted numerous times to to contact them, and they never respond. They don't they don't deny us access, but they just don't respond at all. So we're just going to go up there, and you want to come with us? So uh, Bruce and I said, sure. So we hopped in this uh, jeep, and we all headed over there with the the camera crew. And as we drove up, we stopped about maybe hundred yards away from the entrance. Got out, got out, and got everything together. And suddenly, this black hawk rises up the uh, chopper and hovers right over the gate. And so uh, Bill said, "Hmm, that's going to be interesting for this. Our, uh, we're going to lose our sound if that chopper just hangs there." Then two police cars arrive. Instead of driving directly to the towards the gate, they came crosswise and like. Uh, parallel to the gate, blocking it. And we were walking closer and closer, and Bill suddenly stops and said, you know, I got the feeling they're not interested in having us as visitors here. <laughs> so uh, we, we backed off, and that's, that seemed to be that. Uh, no, no interview with the commander, no tour. Um, and so uh, we, we went uh, our ways and went back home. So four months later, Trish and I are helping our daughter move to college, uh, into her college uh, dorm room. We're in Sarasota, Florida, on the opposite coast of uh, Florida from where we live. And uh, we'd been working all day, and we decided to uh, go downtown and uh, relax and went into this bar restaurant where there was some live music playing, a uh, band playing some old songs from the 60s and 70s. And uh, it was very crowded. It was a Friday night. There was only two spaces left on a high top table and so uh we we moved in there and there was a couple sitting across from us and so 
uh, when the music stopped, we, we just started talking with the couple a little bit. And unbelievable as it seems, the man sitting across from me was the commander of Autech, <laughs> uh, and he had just retired. And so he, uh, we started talking, and I told him about the show, and he was very fascinated, very interested, but also very closed mouth about, uh, you know, exactly what's what's going on there. But he uh, he was he was very friendly and uh, uh, very curious, and so it was uh, just uh, unusual synchronicity that. So usually a synchronicity is something you you think about. And it materializes in a, a physical event of, in the real world. But this is something that was four months apart. And it also was the result of an action, a goal. We attempt, uh, attempt to contact this uh, person in the physical world. And then it manifests in a very strange way four months later. So that's a different kind of synchronicity and a trickster, trickster. trickster synchronicity. <laughs> Why do you call it trickster? Because it was, uh, it was it was like a joke on us. Uh, here we were attempting to uh, go, make make this effort to contact uh, this uh, person, this uh, commander of the of the base, and there, in the most unlikely circumstances, in a different place, there he's sitting across from us, having a drink with us, and he's very friendly. And uh, we started talking about the UFOs, and he said. I need another martini," he said to his <laughs> girlfriend. And uh, it was just—it uh, was weird. It, it, was, it was a very strange experience. Uh, it was a trick um, because you got what you wanted, but you still didn't get what you wanted. You didn't exactly. Really, yeah. That was the trick. You—it was almost like uh, a repetition of the uh, of the helicopter and the police cars blocking the gate. Um, you were near, uh, but still very far away. And now that I think about it, there was another aspect. He gave me his email address and I was going to, you know, it was difficult to talk in too much detail because the band started playing again and it was loud and noisy, but he seemed interested and I thought this is going to be an opportunity. And then I lost his email address <laughs> and I was never able to contact him. Now that's a trick. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> you played on yourself because here he gave you his email address, which meant maybe he would continue talking with you. Right, right. <laughs> and so here you got in your own way of following it up, or maybe you weren't interested anymore. Oh, we were interested. Yeah. <laughs> we were interested, but... Yeah, very interested. And we found it very frustrating. Uh, that well, he, you, you got an... What's curious to me is, I wouldn't call this trickster. Uh, uh, the trickster ones are ones that fool you into thinking it's one thing, but it really turns out to be something else. Like our relationship is meant to be because of all these coincidences. That, that's, that's, not, that's a kind of a trickster thing. This is, you, were, you asked, you didn't get it the first time, you got it the second time. And then when you got it the second time and were given the opportunity to go through the gate, possibly, hmm. you lost the key to the gate. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting, yeah. yeah. And what, well, the way I think about what happened to you is that you were pretty energizing the idea of talking with this guy or somebody like him. Uh, I mean, that was a lot to, to go there uh, and try to be able to get through the gate. And I think we have this human GPS capacity, which is, allows us to get to places uh, where there are people, things, or ideas that we need or want. But we get there without knowing how we got there. It's something like what you're talking about with precognition. It's something intuitive, but it's more behavioral than it is kind of uh, emotional or intellectual or cognitive. We have an intuitive pull or a compel, the kind of compel that made you do your book, something in that area that pulls us, that drives us, to guides us to where we want to go. And I have lots of stories like this where people want something and somehow end up in the right place at the right time to be able to get what they're looking for, but they don't know how they got there. I like that idea of uh, intuitive GPS. Yes. That, that really, that's a good description. Well, I think that's, uh, I thank you. I think there's lots of stories and it'd be great if you, um, if you kept collecting one of those and maybe you'll have uh, some of those and maybe you'll have one of those intuitive compels to write another book, uh, this one about uh, intuitive GPS.
Yeah, that, it's a good title too, Bernard. Intuitive. Like okay, well, <laughs> you guys put out those books a lot faster than I do, so it may be worth doing. So we're going to be wrapping up our show in just a bit. And just want to tell you what a pleasure it's been to, after all our emails, to be able to talk with you directly and be able to uh, get people to know something about your book. Please tell us the title and the publisher, and then we'll sign off. It's called Sensing the Future, How to Tap into Your Intuition and Read Signs from the Universe to Predict What's to Come. It's... And it, go ahead. I'm sorry? And in that book, people can begin to learn how to use that capacity. Exactly. And it's published by Page Street Publishing. It'll be out January 10th. All right. Thank you very, very much for being with us on the show CC with BB. Until next time, more coincidences. Bye-bye. <laughs>